0: Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host, and today is the day. We have got the famous, infamous, however you want to describe him, Mr. Bart Pickens will be on this episode and he has a reputation uh, for being loud and crazy and he's, we've talked about him on multiple episodes. He's a very influential person in the Nashville restaurant scene and I think you get to see a different side of him today. You get to see a side of him that's a little more relaxed, a little more subdued and uh, he's just a really genuine guy and I think that that's just, this is the, the side of him I'm excited to share. So I hope that you listen to the very end. The very end, he's got some uh, interesting things to say. Do you want to tell you real quick about Spring Mountain Farms Chicken? These guys are doing, they're producing the best chicken in the world. I mean, they really are. And if you go out to a restaurant, ask them if they're using Spring Mountain Farms Chicken. If you go to the the grocery store and they don't have it, ask them if they've got it. Ask them if they can get it, because they can. The best restaurants in this city use Spring Mountain Farms Chicken, It's a fact. So if you have the opportunity, go check them out. Springmountainfarms.com. Join the flock. Put your email address in there and start getting really cool updates. I got one today. It was fantastic. Recipes, kind of all kinds of updates on the industry. I think you'll enjoy them. I also want you guys to check out Kurtz Hospitality Marketing. They're a full-service sales, marketing, and public relations agency dedicated to growing revenue for their clients. And I tell you, I say that and I just think about it and I go, man, if somebody was just out there dedicated to growing revenue for me, that would just be a really nice thing. Um, and they do that. They're fantastic. They um, they help me. I, I'm not only, uh, they're not only a sponsor, I'm also a client. So they help me identify key people to go talk to and give me ideas. But if you're wondering right now what you need to be doing, give them a call. It's a free consultation. Say, hey, look, I've got this restaurant. Talk to me in a couple of days. Tell me what your ideas are. And um, they've got some special offers for my listeners. So give them a call, 615-456-3953. Or go to my website at nashvillerestaurantradio.com And click the Sponsor tab. And then go to Kurt's Hospitality and click that link. and you'll try And, and that's where you'll find the special offers that we offer for them. So let's get moving on directly into my interview with Bart Pickens. Now, the format for this interview is a little bit different because I didn't have a plan. Sometimes I like to know what I want. I kind of have a plan when I go into an interview. But this one, I just really was just plug and play. So I'm just going to play the whole interview. There'll be some light editing, but you even get to hear at the beginning when I read him a release. Get a kind of an idea for his personality. And um, it's a little raw but I hope that you kind of enjoy the realness of what this interview and a conversation with Bart Pickens sounds like. We are outside at Party so there's some random noises. The audio's okay, but I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so now I am live. Now I am actually recording. You weren't live before? I deleted that. Okay. Just kind of, you know, deleted it. So I do have a release for you. I will sign whatever you want, you except to, a write-up.
1: I you ain't signing sign no it, write-up. I get
0: to say it. I want to make sure that I have your permission to use your likeness, any information you share here. You understand that we are recording and I'm going to share it so listeners potentially throughout the world can hear it. We both agree that I'm the owner of the rights of this content. Sound good?
1: Great. I have no idea what you said, but that's okay. You're
0: my brother's a lawyer. Again? No, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> I'll call my brother if I need my picture back. You can't make a you can't make a bobblehead out of me though. Why not? I know. It said likeness. No bobbleheads <laughs> without my permission. Written consent.
0: Shoot. I know. It sucks. I wanted I wanted to, to sneak in a bobblehead deal there. You, did, <laughs> you didn't understand where that said. Yeah. Okay, you can have my bobblehead. You can have a bobblehead. Yeah. Bart Pickett's bobblehead. Yeah. All right, so let's go, Bart. We are, um, I've talked about you, I think, four times so far in the podcast. Huh. Four Good times. or bad? Good. Good. Everything has been good. Not cussing? You're kind of... No, I mean, I think that there's, they're all referencing you cussing, uh, but um, I think they're all referencing you. You've kind of like the... Uh, you mentioned my Yeti. You're kind of the, the mysterious guest on the show. Who is this Bart Pickens guy, if you don't know Bart Pickens? Right. Who is he? Who is he? Very passionate New Orleans
1: style chef. What is a New Orleans style chef? Loud. Mardi Gras every day, loud. Uh, French, French taught, uh, old school. You bake, you fry, you blacken. And if you can't blacken it, fry it. If you can't fry it, blacken it. <laughs> Interpretive cuisine with a classic revisit. That kind of cooking.
0: All right. So, I know you, I met you in 2005? 2005. 2005, 2006, yeah. You were at the Sobro. Like the, the Country, country Music Hall of fame. fame! Yeah. I kind of refer to those as the good old days. They were the good old days. Before the, the original 2008-2009 downturn. It was kind of Freewheel in Nashville before the crazy boom. Right. Was, we still we had a Country Music Hall of Fame, what? Nashville was still booming, but like... Those are, those are fun days. It was booming, but not the big boom hadn't gotten here. No.
1: That changed the whole perception of Nashville and cuisine and what Nashville cuisine is and the culinary expressions, etc. It hadn't gone boom yet.
0: How did you get here? Left turn. It's like By car. 95, I think. <laughs> from Miami to here. Uh, but tell me your story Because like, I You know I've, I, I remember I very fondly remember Sitting Because I was a sales rep Right And I drove around in my car All day long Yep And I Like the highlight of my day Whenever I wanted a cigarette I would go visit Bart and I would yeah. pull up to the back gate Of the Country Music Hall of Fame and The guy had, I got to know him really well And I'm like Hey what's up It's just me And I would go park by the dock And I'd walk in And you'd be like Oh Time for a cigarette Yeah. Now I would go, yep. And you had these Marlboro, the red Marlboros. Cowboy killers. The cowboy Can we go sit on that back. And I would just talk to you about your thoughts on the industry. What was going on? I just remember I, like, I waxed poetically about those days of sitting on that back dock with Bart Pickens in my infancy of my sales career. Yeah, but you did I good. You did good. Well, thank you. You
1: understood. I mean, the rules as a guest you come into my restaurant. You are the one laying the golden egg. Yes. Because you're keeping the lights on by paying me to cook. (laughs) Vice versa, I lay the golden egg for the sales guy. Yes. So I get to yell at you, because we got to take the yelling if I overcook a prime rib. But they're right. So if I don't like that chicken you sold me, I'm right. Whether I'm right or wrong, it
0: don't matter, I'm right. True, but, and, and so that's kind of a stereotype for chefs that they're crazy and they'll yell for no apparent reason and I took that as a challenge because I always thought that they are yelling for a reason. If you didn't screw the thing up in the first place and you anticipated all of their needs and you, and you, and you delivered upon that, it was amazing how much I didn't get yelled at but I got the opposite. I got to sit and smoke cigarettes with you and learn about You still still got yelled at (laughs) I mean what people don't understand
1: is You know they always think I'm quick to pop No No It takes 15 things to get me there May have nothing to do with that apple That you sent me with worms in it It may have to do with the 14 things That added up prior to that apple The apple ain't got nothing to do with it it just happened to be num- number 15 on the, you know, parade hit list or whatever. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the little things that send a chef crazy, you come in. <laughs> Pause. Pause. I told him, no music out here.
0: you could hear Bart right now, he's going to yell at the manager we asked him before the meeting not to turn music on, and he just turned music on. He goes, that's number 12. Oh,
1: huh. maybe it's on a
0: Number 12. Number 12. I got three more things before I go boom. I well, thought we get two more. I so said, maybe we can go boom in the middle of this
1: interview. What, at 14 now? Okay, you hit a button, off. Is it fucking draft room?
0: Yeah. Our system is completely down. Oh, that was, that was the draft <laughs> room. That wasn't even here.
1: At me. I'm like, I don't even have Motherfuck. How loud well, mother they go? go?
0: Hey, that's, like a, that's like a party over there. Well, let's hope they
1: don't go off again.
0: Huh? Really? Are you going to be live? Yeah, it's live. Oh, very cool. What no. No, we're not. We're not live here. We're, he, he
1: gets to clean it up when I say. Fuck I get too to. Much. Yeah, I get to well, clean well, it up. You
0: better use that button like you a lot. Yeah, That's a good thing. <laughs> I don't mind those words. I just, I just. There's a little button I have to click at the end that says, "Is it clean or explicit?" And if oh, is that it? If it's explicit, I just click the E button, and then I then I put a little note that says, "This is for adult content, so don't like." Otherwise, it's usually pretty clean. I don't I don't try and swear it up, but I mean. Yeah, also, shit's not a cuss word. It's on fucking regular TV now. <laughs> I don't want to uh, censor anybody. I want pe- I want raw, unfiltered who you are. Yeah, it is. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky.
1: We still on TV? Yeah, we're on TV. Okay.
0: So one of the things I was going to tell you about, and we're going to
1: get back to it. Um, I remember faces, but then I do names. Because usually I call everybody Tiger Woods. Hey, Tiger Woods! They look. Why do you do that? Because I can't remember the names. Usually, I give them nicknames.
0: What's my nickname? Too tall. Too tall. <laughs> You're only six six. Who are who are I your couldn't... favorite? Who are your favorite people? That, what are some of the good nicknames you have for people around town? Uh, there's
1: YB. His name's Will Willie, but it's YB Youngblood. And then there's Pitbull, who I called one of my cooks. Downtown, and that's because he had to fight of a pit bull. Uh, then there's Chong, who's my little amigo. His name is Emmanuel Cuevas, but Chong. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, made I, sense I to me. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, we just hired some guys in Donaldson that came with nicknames: Dakota and Solo. Dakota and Solo. I'm like, I don't even have to give you a nickname. You came with one, and those are their real names. Nice. And now I'm like, wow cool. Somebody caught on. <laughs> Started naming their kids nicknames so I don't have to change it. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. Usually it's everybody has the same name until I can remember their names, but
0: usually I don't. I don't so I took us on a left turn. We were talking about the Sobro Grill. We were talking about how Nashville's changed. I said, how has Nashville changed? Can kind of go through that progression with you, where you were going with that.
1: Well, it was funny. When I got here, you know, I was in Miami prior, from New Orleans, uh, so when I got here, meat and three was a term I wasn't familiar with. And they go meat and three, meat and three. You know, green beans. They wanted green beans on their dinner, so I'm buying fresh green beans, giving a quick saute, putting it on their plate. Well, they want green beans a different way. Uh, they want them fully cooked, no nutritional value left. Just uh, and a meat and three. That's a blue plate where I come from. Uh, so I got lost in a little bit of the terminology. Now I know it. Uh, and I, you know, meet their expectations. I might give it a little kiss or a little fluff, but I try to replicate their items for them. Uh, you know, my wife's from Nashville. So she's taught me stuff. What's well, she taught you? Uh, don't put so many bananas in the banana pudding. <laughs> drives me crazy. I'm like, first name's Banana, honey. She wants more wafers, anyway. More wafer, less. It's not called wafer pudding. I know. The first name is Banana, honey. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so the food, you know, I think, then a lot of people started tiptoeing up here, whether they were from, you know, Destin or from, you know, Charlotte or, you know, Show Hands got here. So, the cuisine started being more elevated uh, you know the identity you know that Nashville associates with Nashville hot chicken there's more there's more
0: oh yeah
1: um, it. but there's still you know the industry got too big too fast and they didn't bring cooks with them that's the
0: game now is getting the cooks with them you have to if you can hear the music in the background there is a restaurant right next to us we are out on the patio of party foul in cool springs there's a place called i think it's king's bowl yes the draft room i think it's a king's bowl they're jamming they are jamming right now at 9:30 uh, 9 30 in the morning they're getting after it
1: i think they're I think they're sweeping the bowling lanes or something
0: yeah they're they're having a good time oh hey i'm all about some fantastic voids though
1: yeah a little loud for 9 30 in the morning Uh, yeah (laughs) Uh.
0: so if that it upsets the sound apologize that's part of doing podcasts that's what happens it's okay to have a beat in the background yeah why not You, our voices are loud. We can carry through this. It's okay. We probably cut through block. yeah. My last interview was with uh, Jeff and Jenny Pennington and they were on a boat the entire time. Literally a dri- driving a boat in a harbor on Zoom talking to me just like, yeah, hey, we decided we're just going to be on a boat because if we're yeah. going to be talking to you for an hour we'd much rather do it on a boat than sitting in a room we're at the beach. I went, right. Hey, thanks for talking to me while you're at the beach. I mean, like, it's a working vacation. We're good. So it's like, okay, I felt bad, but... No, that'd be fun. They have quite the uh, stereo system working over there.
1: Yeah, I guess they haven't played it in a couple of months. They're breaking the speakers back in.
0: Yeah, they're testing it out. That's loud. That's impre- I think for Cool Springs, that would be like a thing.
1: That loud?
0: Yeah, I mean, like that would be like the police are... I'm surprised they're not already here. Uh, <laughs> No. The am all police, you would think. But it's still early.
1: That's loud. Okay. I mean, what you, else? Know, you know how I out?
0: know I'm getting old is that I'm like, my ears are probably... That, that's not, that can't be good for their ears. No, but it wasn't good for ours either. <laughs> all right, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Uh, we can edit out whatever we want to edit out. I don't, you know. Right. I don't have a serious like agenda here, like I said. play it that loud. They're getting ready in the morning. They want to crank it up and have a good time. And not think? Because you sure can't think listening to that
1: shit. No, there's no thinking involved. Okay. That's what I don't like.
0: I want people to think. <laughs> it, does, it It does. This microphone picks up everything. It'll, it'll pick up all of that. That's trying to talk through it.
1: There we go. Oh, look at that. I don't know for how long. Okay, now let's talk faster.
0: All right, let's talk faster. So let's move ahead. We're talking about how Nashville changed your progression. You went from Sobro. You were Tom Morales. Tell me about your relationship with Tom Morales. I love Tom Morales. Uh, we had good times.
1: Uh, you know, I did Sobro and Country Music Hall of Fame, which was, you know, Tom Katz catering. Uh, then I went with them to Fontenelle and then went with them to uh, The Loveless, and then I elected to stay at The Loveless and ride that for a little while, and then I was getting a little bored, so I started looking for something that inspired me again. I've always been pursuing, you know, something like a franchisable concept, because that's what I grew up in. So when Party fowls started looking, I applied, and I knew what to give them, and that was.
0: Yeah, that's not normal. They're, uh, they're
1: after oh yeah. Oh, you chase you chasing away all the nesting birds too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I would say, turn it up. That's one way to do it for sure.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much.
1: No uh, so when when Party Fowl came looking, I knew what to give them because this is the chance. Nineteen eighty-three, I was working for Al Copeland in New Orleans, blackened redfish, just hit the market, just started flooding the food scene. So when I heard hot chicken. It was almost like I came full circle. That was the opportunity to put Nashville cuisine in it. You know, black and red fish put a statement on Louisiana cuisine.
0: So you were at Copelands? Yes. Was it the original Copelands? Like you worked with Al Copeland and Oh yeah. Got the thing going? What was that like? It was fun. Uh, high energy. You know,
1: in eighty three, Al Copeland you know, was Popeye's Chicken, New Orleans Hero, whatever. Paul Prudhomme started playing in New York and other metropolitan outlets, putting in the red fish and the uh, oyster artichoke soup, whatever Louisiana cuisine. He was the first, you know, chef that marketed Louisiana cuisine, probably outside of
0: Louisiana. This is when they opened in Nashville, in Cool Springs, there was one in Cool Springs, Copeland's of New Orleans, right behind Amerigo. Right. off Westgate Circle, that place was, uh, it was like the nicest. When it first opened, it was like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, and then I think everybody starts thinning out what it's supposed to be, you know. I mean, Black and Redfish, when I was there, you know, we bought redfish, we pulled the pin bones, we seared it, you know, we would sell... 200, 250 a night. Uh, Then they started to run out of redfish. Everybody was buying it up in Alaska. I think 15 million pounds of redfish went to Alaska so they could do it there. Uh, And then I think it just loses a little bit of its sexy because you start pushing on certain items, crawfish.
0: Oh, yeah. Brofish weren't cheap anymore. Well, you know, I'll tell you a story. I used to work at the Amerigo right next to that, and we used to get off work and go to Copeland's. And the bartender, we would go over there and hang out, and the bartender would just give us everything. Right. right? We're like 21, 22 years old. But like, we, had like five guys, would go to Copeland's. we get off work every night, and we would drink these hurricanes that were like 32 ounce fishbowl hurricanes that maybe were 17 ounces of liquor. And then, I mean, it was just. Lethal, what they would make us. We would just sit there and drink for like an hour or two, right up until close. We get our tab, and the guy would be like, ah, "Here, it's a dollar." We're like, "Here's forty bucks, dude." Well, that's dude. not good business. No, it's terrible. And then uh, I'll never forget. I mean, because I, I I got into management after that, and I was like, "Well, that's why they closed. They're giving the house away." And my biggest moment of why I recognized they closed as an operations guy is I remember sitting there, and I'm a I am a crazy crazy fanatical person like I every detail I have to have everything right you may not notice it from my podcast but I'm working on it (laughs) but if I'm in a restaurant and a phone rings I'm like my senses I'm like like, the phone ringing who's got it who's got it who's getting the phone and I'll just immediately start moving towards a phone because it's just it's just ingrained in my body that you have to answer the damn phone immediately and I'll never forget this dude the bartender was sitting there and the phone started ringing behind the bar and I'm sitting there and I'm like, are you going to answer that phone? He turns around, hits the volume button down on the ringer and he goes, ah, I hate the damn phone. He turns around and I was like, and I about lost my mind. I, didn't say, I was just like, oh my God, I would have fired you in a heartbeat. If I would, if I would have seen an employee turn the ringer down on the phone and i like, I don't answer the damn phone. I was like, and then they closed and I was like, well, there, there you go. There's your indicators.
1: Well, and I think that's... <sighs> I mean, that's up to management. That's up to instilling a certain structure that you need to have. I mean, you know, I try to tell people I've cooked a lot of different cuisines in my career. But I try to tell them you strive for perfection so excellence can be achieved. Everything you do, you should be shooting for perfect. You should be. You're not going to hit it. But you can hit excellence. If you're going a thousand percent and you only hit ten percent, that's still
0: a hundred. And so that's a pretty important message right now. Today, that, I think there's a lot of people have the attitude of, hey, look, we're just reopening. We're trying to get it together. Give us a break. And it's like, I, I totally understand Good enough that. ain't right. I understand that. Like, it's you're, you got to knock the rust off maybe the first couple nights. But a couple weeks into it, that excuse doesn't fly anymore, does it? It shouldn't. But that's
1: where you have to change the culture a little bit. I mean, you have to expect every sandwich to be perfect. You know, like I said, you know, I ask a lot of young chefs, are you in it for the glory or in it for the sweat and tears? Because sweat and tears is eight hours of your day. The glory is 20. Yeah. They're done. They ate. 20 minutes. They're gone. Now, you better like... The exercise, the practice, the prep, the things that are important. The eight-hour day. Uh, How do you learn that? You just live it. You have to understand it. But it it's just like a sport. It's just like the military. It's just like, you know, whatever. I mean, being a sport, I think it's fun. You know, getting up there, you know, the military, it used to be called a brigade, the hotline. yeah, That's a military term. I got your back, you got mine. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got to take a Navy SEAL approach to the hotline, I put the bacon in. You'll know, smell it. Help me. Go get it out the oven. I didn't put it in there. Woo!
0: What happens, woo! What happens if I'm on the line with you and we're cooking next to each other and... Something happens and I look to you and I say and you say hey, I need this and I go. That's not my job (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Usually a whole lot of fucking cussing Uh,
1: It is your job every job is everybody's whether it's answering the phone as a cook Answer the phone. Here's the spiel. Thank you for calling party foul. Happy afternoon. How can I help you? The one that I love is now they don't even know how to answer the phone. Hey, somebody's on the phone for you. Who? I didn't ask. Really? Why wouldn't you ask their name? Regarding what? You're going to come and stop me to tell me someone's on the phone. Guess what? I'm not your secretary. What do you mean you're not my secretary? (laughs) Don't tell me I got a phone call. I got my own telephone. They can call me if they know me.
0: Otherwise, you were other, I don't know, some guy selling something, right? Well, yeah. Uh, What's the best way to sell you something?
1: Come to me around 9 o'clock in the morning, not at 11 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, not at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, pick a day, not a weekend. Weekends begin on Thursday, not Friday, because you better have your homework done before Friday gets here. Uh yeah, you just got to listen to what I'm looking for. I mean, the game's right now. You know, I'm chasing chicken, consistent chicken. Right now, the supply chains are a little broken. You know, they don't have blue cheese. Somebody got blue cheese. Somebody got. Somebody got blue cheese. You know, they're out of horseradish. Call Minnesota and give me some goddamn horseradish, people. Because uh, I know I can put it on an airplane if I feel like paying
0: FedEx money so is that, that that what you just now said right there I hear that in my brain and that's a huge lesson to me mm. so this is the way my brain works I hear that and I hear no excuses right, right? so many people are so quick to say oh well I, I placed your order but it says we don't have any so I don't have any and you go how's that gonna what you would say I know because I've had that you'd say how's that gonna help me have horseradish on my line today right you go uh, what do you mean we just don't have it how's that gonna help me I bet Kroger has it I bet you'd go find it. What do you mean we don't have it? And you, that's, but that's, if, you, if, if, if I'm listening to you, I'm hearing you say, make it happen. When I walk in here and sell you something, don't sell me on, we're going to have everything you can possibly want. And we're going to, chef, we're going to be in this thing for you. And then tell me I don't have horseradish because I can't tell my guest, sorry, we don't have cocktail sauce today. Right. Like, we're featuring shrimp cocktail today. Right. I can't have, you know, it's a whole thing and you know you also have to know how to make it
1: that's the games too in today's world apply yourself i've been doing this i don't know i can't remember 35 37 years i still buy cooking magazines i still apply myself you know and that's what that's what the young chefs need to do apply yourself apply yourself do not stop educating yourself do not stop messing up food so that you can learn how to perform the food. Uh, and that's where a lot of them get stifled. What do you mean by that? They don't they don't apply themselves.
0: When you say stop messing up the food.
1: So, you got to mess it up a couple of times. Sure. So you can learn what you're doing wrong. Because recipes in a cookbook. You think they're real? You better know how to cook. Because they lie they don't want to sell you a cookbook so you never come to their restaurant again. So they're always tweaking a little bit. They're gonna leave out a little lemon juice, they're gonna leave out a pinch of salt, they're gonna leave out a you know, a tablespoon of bacon soda.
0: They no uh. Uh-uh. So you're you're trying to tell me that if I buy a cookbook from a restaurant and I make it at home, it's not gonna taste just like it does at the Dead
1: restaurant. It is.
0: Ah <laughs> uh, You heard her here first, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Well, and I don't mean they're doing it on purpose, but you know, there's old cliches and sayings, right? A recipe is just words on a paper. The cook gives it the soul. Yeah, so, I mean, agree. you know, 100%. my tablespoon in a kitchen may not be the same tablespoon you using at home. I'm giving it a little extra kiss. You know, I, they all they all look at me sometimes because I I use my own terminology. I said, don't forget to kiss it. And they, you know, until they work with me, they're like,
0: "What the?" And you you go back there and somebody actually kissing it? No, they're throwing in <laughs>
1: parsley and green onion. Give it a kiss. Break those colors. Make it more vibrant.
0: Don't forget to kiss it. Don't forget to uh, kiss, uh, kiss it. Yeah. Uh, ben Whitlock know. had some some Bart comments. He said Bart will come in and be like, "Hey, where's the uh, the fly the fly fan?" Or he calls it a. A, a bubble net. <laughs> the hell no freaking a freaking bubble, bubble net. net. It's
1: a net made out of bubbles. <laughs> it makes perfect sense <laughs> to me. Uh, yeah. Using old terminology, I mean, uh, you know, I used to tell people I take care of the center of the plate. I already buy the best halibut, I buy the best of the best. You know, they always used to ask me, why do you make fresh bread, and why do you make fresh desserts? And I used to say, because that's the first kiss, and the last kiss. Those kisses matter. Just like dating a a pretty lady. That first kiss matters, that last kiss matters. In the middle, I already bought the best of the best. That halibut is from Norway, and it's beautiful. It's fresh. I'll cut it. I'll square cut it. I hit it with butter. I keep it simple. Little gold dust, a little salt, butter, sear it, sear it,
0: sell it. That's such, you know what, that's, it's so old school. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. It's old school because if I, if I translate that to front of the house, I spend an exorbitant amount of time with the host, in. Right. And I feel like it is a lost art, the host and hostess position. Yeah, yeah. When people walk into the building, their first impression of what happens inside of the building is so... Important, it's so important, and then when you leave, being felt like you are ha- like nothing worse than just spending $150 right. and walking by a host stand and not getting a thank you so much for coming by, we really appreciate your business, thank you. Like, because if I walk out and they're just like on their phone, right? I immediately think, like I guess they don't care that I'm here, and, and everything could have right. been great. Ooh. I don't, it doesn't judge the entire meal, but it definitely is something that accentuates it on the front end. And on the back end, kind of what you're saying. Even the first kiss and the last the kiss. The first kiss and the last kiss right. are so important because you all know, if you have the first kiss and you don't kiss goodbye. You won't get that last kiss. <laughs> you know, what do you do? I think it's a it's a whole thing. Well, and, and that's
1: where, you know, it is. You have to school harder. You have to make them accountable. Uh, but, I mean, goodness. We used to hire, and yes, I'm old. We used to hire the 45-year-old woman to Mm -hmm. be the hostess. Yeah. Then we'd hire 17-year-old girls to be the cedars. The greeter had the gab, had the personal touch, and that does matter. I mean, they told me way back when, you know, we used to go to symposiums. You know, it was always the management or people that I had worked for invested in their employees, giving them the tools to do the job. So if it was going to seminars or symposiums or, you know, watching videos. What was it called back then? Toast training? No. <laughs> Taste. Taste training videos. Now it's, you know, everybody wants you to do it online. Have you seen my telephone? It's small. Have you got a flip phone still? No, but... Da, 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 it's, it's a good one. I got a like one. 128 megabytes on this thing
0: we'll probably have the same one mine's just the bigger version I mine's still have an a home S3
1: yeah. mine's an S3 or something anyway <laughs> I
0: don't need no bigger my back pocket ain't gonna hold it if
1: it's bigger uh, but we used to be trained that way and you have to train your people that way uh, someone told me in one of those seminars what industry is restaurants or are in people go food Entertainment. entertainment okay when Dixie sells food we sell entertainment so experiences right so I mean well there was bad things in my youth uh, I was entertaining uh, but you should be greeting them at the door the manager should be table visiting this you know you should be upselling because that's what they're there for they're for edu- there for education for a meal for the entertainment, for the music, for the TVs, for the carpet, whatever. The whole kit and caboodle matters. Uh, They don't understand that. And I mean, you gotta drill it, and then you gotta drill it again. And you have to apply yourself. I mean, that's what I tell young chefs now. Buy a book, apply yourself. Learn the classics, reinterpret. But you gotta know the original song
0: before you can change the medley. You gotta know the original. Got to. That's really good intel. I mean, just I think sometimes people try and outthink the room. Or they try. They try and outthink the room, and it's like some of these, like it's the bounce pass. You know, it's the fundamentals. Yeah. I find that in my job in consulting with restaurants, I find so many people don't do just the bounce pass. They're trying to do the the three sixty behind the back dunk, and I'm like, but you're missing out on just like the the greet time and getting stuff. Like the classic fundamentals of operating a restaurant, greeting the people that walk in the front door without a snobby attitude of, oh, do you have a res- if you don't have it? Like, greet them. Welcome, we're so happy that you're here. And then get to it. Just the, the server who thinks that they're special. or It's like, come on, get back to greeting, teamwork, full hands in, full hands out. The, just the stuff that makes restaurants function well, high level.
1: Yeah, I think that still is what happened in Nashville. We just got hit with every restaurant imaginable. Well, how many cranes you had up at one time? Gosh, it's crazy. How many restaurants opened up at one time? We saw, we opened, I think, Party Fowl September of 15, maybe, 14, 13. I don't even know anymore. Uh 14. Sounds right. <laughs> anyway, we, we had Pick of the Litter. And then within a year and a half, Pick of the Litter's gone. Oh, yeah. It spread thin, you know. Uh, I mean, we saw a climb in business one year, from one year to the next, and then a drop because there were too many new restaurants that just opened. So they got to get their flirt. You know, they got to get their honeymoon on. So that hurt us, and then you balance out because you just keep on pushing. Uh, Don't get... Over the top, like I said earlier, a perfect nacho is just as good as a perfect prime rib. They're both perfect. Strive for perfect every time. No matter what you do. No matter where you work.
0: Perfect. Taco Bell or, you know, cane prime. Right. Perfect is perfect. Perfect is perfect. Right. So, I mean, if you're exceeding their expectations with excellence. Continue to do that. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said for that, and I think a lot of people get in their own heads, but when you finish a day, when you finish your work day and you do that, you work that way, right. it feels good. You sleep good. You sleep good. You get off You get off work and you go, I did my absolute best right. today and I killed it. Some days don't feel that way. And in sales, food sales in particular, the one thing is you never finish the day and go, I did it. I'm done. Right. It's never, never done. It's never done. It's always yeah. A great... Well, and
1: you should never be happy if you execute, you know, three sandwiches perfect and one bad. You need to hit four perfect sandwiches, five perfect sandwiches. If you are cleaning your station, great. Tomorrow I want it a little cleaner. The next day I want it a little cleaner. How yeah. about this? Wipe the window, etc., etc. Don't ever be satisfied. Keep on pushing it.
0: You know who I think is, in my my favorite interview, somebody asked me, they said, what's your favorite interview that you've done so far? And I said, it, really, I've enjoyed them all, which is a political answer. But I, for, me, for me, just like some of the things that I really value, uh, Chef Andy Little Not bad. at Josephine. Yeah. In his interview, we talked about game tape. Mm-hmm. You know what he does? He gets a ladder and he climbs up on his ladder in the middle of service And he gets his phone out, and he takes video of the actual line of everybody working for like five minutes. And When they're really busy. He says, hey, come come watch the expo. I'm going to go and take video of my line. He then pulls his line cooks, and they watch game tape. Right. And he talks about... That's fun. Hey, when you moved this way, it prohibited this guy from doing this. If you watched your left throughout this entire thing you'd notice that you're blocking his mise And if you're not, you know, he can't he has to wait. And that three seconds he has to wait stops him. It's, it's like a machine. It's a misfire in a machine. And when right. the machine runs perfectly and I just thought but holy shit. But it is shit. Sport. But, that, but that's it a different a level. What he's doing, that, that is a different level. That's fun as all get go. And I go, gosh if you're hiring somebody and there's, there's a new sponsor we have um, called Faux & Bo. And they have a—it's a new website you can go onto to hire people, uh-huh. and you can create a video of yourself, like a profile tape of what you're doing, right? So, right. if I'm an employer, I can log in. I can—I want a bartender. I click on a bartender, and you can upload a video of you making a drink. I was like, if I'm a line cook, I'm just gonna have a video of me watching game tape—the one applying, yeah, the one applying
1: is making a video, yeah, of whatever
0: been a glass or whatever yeah, whatever, the game like, is. and it's kind of like, so if you're an employer, you can just go in. Click on this video and go, oh, I need a bartender. Oh, just click on the website. Find bartender. You have 500 different bartenders. Click on one, hit a button that says, you know, Show wanna, me the video. It, it says request an interview. You can just immediately, but it's, it's fantastic. But I told her the other day, I said, if I was a line cook, I would just put a video of me watching game tape of right. me on the line and go, I'm just studying to get better. And I was like, that guy would get hired 100 times out of 100 times. Who doesn't want that? right
1: well in that i like it i like it i never even thought of that uh, we got video cameras i know that but yeah it's fun and it does matter that everybody's in sync you know it's an orchestra somebody's got to be making it work me i get in trouble because i'm a barker i'm loud but that's because the energy level needs to be high if i got to pay play the court jester Get that energy up! I don't have a problem with that. I'll be as goofy as I need to be. The energy level needs to be high. You know, if it's Rihanna, the energy level needs to be high, 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 high. Because you're not going to get it done in a lull. You have to be the cheerleader. You have to be the pep rally. You have to be orchestrating how they how they get their jobs
0: done. So, with the way, the, the term which I use as a leader inside of a restaurant, because Anybody can be a leader inside of a restaurant. I firmly believe that. Right. Almost like the anyone can cook. You know, from uh, uh, ratatouille. Right. You have to set the pace. Right. As a leader, you've got to set the pace. Everybody that's looking to you to lead anywhere you go, the person who's leading is by definition the person in front who's setting the pace. Right. And if I come into the restaurant, if you're the chef and I'm the one who's expediting whatever, and I come in and I go. Oh, Monday. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's Monday again. I'm so tired. Oh, it's Monday. Right. What do you think everybody that I'm leading is going to... What's everybody going to do? Oh, I'm with you. They're going to go, oh, it's Monday. But if I come in and I go, hey, here we go. Right. We're going to do this today. Hey, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? And I love... I'm always it is. fed off of yeah. your energy. It has to be.
1: The energy has to be at a high. Because what we do ain't easy. No. I mean, what do I clock... I clock seventeen thousand steps a day, and I'm in a kitchen. Oh yeah, you. Now what I do tell people that they don't understand, especially the young ones, move like a turtle, not like a rabbit. Notice the world around you, like the turtle. Don't be that rabbit running circles, waving, being goofy, because that turtle's going to beat you. So I mean, to be a couple steps slower. Energy can still be high, and you can be moving slow. But be intentional. Make those steps count. Make do not waste. Be more efficient. Have your eyes open. See that the bacon's in the oven. See that there's a timer on. The thing that really sends me to the moon, and nobody does it. Nobody does it. When they turn off your timer and never tell you they turned off your timer. Now, you know good and well that timer went off for something. (laughs) But you're not going to tell nobody. Hey, that timer went off. You just gonna turn it off? Yeah, it was it was making me nervous or angrier. Or, but you didn't tell nobody. You gotta tell somebody. You didn't go and find the answer. Who put something in the oven with a timer? You just thought somebody just set a timer for nothing. <laughs> Not anyway, that'll send me to the moon. Cookies went three minutes too long because you didn't fucking pull or open the door.
0: So now I get to
1: make cookies again. (laughs) Son of a biscuit. Anyway, and that's fun. I didn't put it in. I just turned the timer off because it was making noise. Whoo, there's a reason. Ask yourself, what's that reason? You're gonna have an answer.
0: Well, we just had an author on named um, John Miller and he asked the question behind the question. I think that situation is, why is this timer going off? What can I do to ensure that I'm doing the right thing? Because this timer's going off. What can I do to remedy this situation right. versus who had a timer? Or even not saying anything like, oh, this damn timer's annoying, me." push the button. Right, it's not good.
1: Well, and that's, they have, everybody has the same answer. And a lot of times they will ask you, what do I do? Ask yourself three times before you stop me to ask me. Because I'm not a genius. You are just as smart as I am. You're gonna come up with the same answer nine out of ten times
0: do you think that's a what do you think that is because you don't want to know people walk up all the time and they'll say hey what do I do if my this doesn't work what do I do the vacuum's broken hey the vacuum's broken I don't know what to do you go fix, fix it right and, I, I don't, and I'm I, not mechanic. I don't know why you're coming to me telling me I guess you know it's just a thing or whatever it might be and I've always said, if I give you $1,000 cash right now, what would you do? If I said, if I give you $1,000 cash to fix it right now, what would you do? And they go, well, I'd go fix it. And I go, then just go do that. Right. Like Whatever, you, whatever that thing would be, right. go do that.
1: It, it bewilders me because I am not mechanical. But if it's got a handle, push the handle. If it's got a button, push the button. If it's got a plug, check the plug.
0: We gotta be something's broken
1: really how about clean it you thought about that
0: shut the front door yeah. clean something yeah now we clean the surfaces of everything really well but when it comes to cleaning a vacuum oh, i know it's you know, cleaning a bissel like cleaning the bissels is like the, the most hair in it. oh my gosh like I just like that needs to be somebody's side work every time i get a somebody to say hey i need you to clean the bissel like why? I'm like, if we did this regularly, we wouldn't have to. Like, why do we have to keep thinking this stuff? Why can't people? And I'll ask the question, by The question: What can I do to make sure that my staff knows to clean those?
1: I blame it on they didn't have Etch A Sketch. They didn't have crayons. They got cell phone. They got young Einstein on the back of Mama's seat while they driving down the highway. They didn't play all. They didn't play I Spy. I spy yellow Volkswagen. They didn't play this. (laughs) They didn't play. You know, and I know know it's a different world. Let them play. I mean, we had toys that did not move. Our imagination made those toys move. G.I. Joe, yeah, his arms moved. But But if you wanted to blow them up, you had to throw them. (laughs) You know? Now they blow up with a button. Where's imagination? It's automation. That one too, uh, and that's where I think a lot of it, a lot of it misses. You gotta ask yourself. You gotta ask yourself three times, because
0: you have the right answer. So you're pretty high energy. A little bit. You're no, but you're known for that. Yeah, always have been. Everybody knows you as, hey, and every time we've talked about you on the podcast, but Bart he's he's crazy. He's, but I'm not he's like, crazy. So. I know. So throughout this interview, people uh-huh. go, "Oh, you know, he's very logical. He's he's old school." I think is a good way to describe you, right. as he's old school. And my question for you is because I'm like that a lot. I'm very high energy. I don't ever stop. Like right. I don't. One thing you will, ne- my wife will never say is like, "Oh, he just sits around and watches TV all the time." I'm like no, no. Like I, I'm ridiculous. It's a challenge for me to turn that off. Yeah. and it's, it's, it's almost a burden like when you're a leader and you're that high when you're constantly setting the pace for everybody else right? who sets your pace
1: Red Bull chocolate covered espresso beans a pot of CDM coffee in the morning candy
0: Yeah. And me too that, that's, yeah. that sounds like my diet my wife told me last night but I, I, I do that
1: 14 out. hours I'm done I what
0: mean? do you like at home couch potato now on
1: vacation different because I'm going to get just as crazy this time with liquor Ah, uh, at home what's my wife call it fall apart I get one day off a week I've been taking two lately when I take one day off it's called fall apart day so I wake up same time 3.30, 4 o'clock drink my pot of coffee take a nap on my day off watch a boob tube, but I don't I don't get out, you know, and go caravanning around city. It's fall apart.
0: So this is a something that I'm concerned about with this industry because the hours are notorious. Yeah. It's a grind. It is hard hard work. Right. And I don't think that that, you know, you see all these people on Instagram that are climbing mountains and they're I just got done working out every day and it's like we don't have that opportunity and the people wonder why mental illness and alcoholism runs wild in this business oh, okay. because a mall ain't open at midnight no open a mall at midnight <laughs> open a mall at midnight open the put lights out at Percy Warner Park exactly um, so I mean but that's a that's a thing and I mean I know you're one of those people that is just constantly working I've never like every time I've ever come to see you you've always been at work right Never. Oh, he's off today. Like, he did not know what an off day is. Yeah. I'm not going to see you on Saturday or Sunday, but like... I think I'm trying to identify somebody like you who's always on. Yeah. What's it like when you're off? and Off? I am
1: lackadaisical, lean back, laying in a chair. I'm happy.
0: That's what you like to do? Yeah.
1: Now, I go on vacation. You know, they can work me like a mule because I get... Three great vacations every year I go to Hawaii
0: you go to Maui I think what'd you say go to, Maui, go to Maui deep
1: sea fish way too many Mai Tais way too many Mai Tais whale watch eat great Mai Tais Mai Tais the bad thing is my wife and I found a place serving Mai Tais in Lahaina at 730 in the morning that's dangerous not good not good not good uh,
0: not good. Fun, not good. If you're going to start, you know what they say, the bachelorettes, they all say, is that you can't say you've been drinking all day if you don't start in the morning. Right. Well, we drink all day, but we pass out early. Uh, you can't. The, the problem is not day drinking. The problem is day drinking into night drinking without a break. Right.
1: Yeah, we stumbled uh, home one day. I was doing fine till she attacked me. What kind of friend? Uh, looks like he has a cooler Full of bacon. I mean. Good. Ooh. I want to do hot chicken bomb meat. You'll be right there. Hot chicken bomb meat.
0: Ooh. Hot chicken bomb meat. So they got uh, four count bacon. Yeah. It's a big old thick head. thick, thick, thick. Four counts, four ounce piece of bacon. Yeah. Same bacon strip, just that thick. You cook it just like a pork belly on the flat top. Put it on the hot chicken, bomb me. Booyah. Nice. Yeah. What drives you? We'll finish this. We'll finish off with what drives you? What's the what keeps you? What sucks you out of the sheets in the morning? It keeps you going. What's the intrinsical motivation you find?
1: The challenges being smarter than it. You know, making the food the best you can. Buying the groceries smart. Training the people up. I mean, that's where I think a lot of it's lost. A chef is nothing but a coach. That's all we are. Don't we wish all we had to do was cook? You're a coach. A chef's job is to make that individual better than you. Now, they bring things to the table. Now you have to inspire them to want to learn everything you got. And you have to teach them everything you got, whether it's making... Beignets, biscuits, cookies, cakes, pie, you know, consomme. One of them wanted me to show him how to make consomme. I went, really? Okay. Got to build a raft. Got to do this. Got to He's like, cool. But your job as a chef is to make him better than you. Now, if he worked at some other restaurant, he's bringing something. Now he's got to learn everything you know. Now you've done your job. He's better than you. Because he brought something that you didn't have. You gave him everything you had. So that's the end. You know, that inspires you. You're a football coach. You're supposed to make him better. You know, I had one cook that was leaving me. And he hadn't been with me long. And he had good skills. He didn't have baking skills. So his last three days, I made him make cookies, brownies, fresh bread, pizza dough. Nothing to do with our menu. Because you didn't have any bacon skills. He never made pecan pie. Now, I made him better than he was when he got here. Because he's still got those tools. He can still butcher. He can still do this. But I gave him ads to his repertoire. Things he didn't know. Now he knows cookies. Now he knows fresh bread. Now he knows how to punch down
0: the, the dough, etc., etc. That's what's inspiring. It's almost like... With the way that you are, you're loud. You can yell at somebody. You can swear a whole bunch, and you can do all of these things. But it's almost like if you can put up with that, it's almost like you're challenging them. Yeah. You know what? If 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 you can put up with me and you can deal with this, I'm gonna give you tenfold oh. the shit that I give you. I'm gonna give you tenfold and just my love. Right.
1: Well, and because that's the, what it is, and the skills. Yeah, but it's. Yes, it is. It is love, it's attention, it's development, it's education. And it also, you know, you can't leave it one-sided. It's also rewarding for me to see you get better,
0: you know. So that's it. Yeah. You have the heart of a coach. You have the heart of a Mm. teacher. You want to help develop people, and that's, that's your legacy. Yeah. My legacy is that, or your legacy is that you've come in, you've been able to be, you authentically, 100% you, yeah. and then you can take what you know and help other people to be better. Well, and, and that's, and, you, that's what you've given to the industry, and that's what you've hmm. given to the right. Nashville culinary scene. Right. That's why your name's come up five times on interviews with chefs around the city on my podcast.
1: I'll give them everything. Everything I got, my recipes, like I said, they're recipes. That's it. You have to give it the kiss. You have to give it the love. You have to give it the attention. You know, and I mean, I can remember one individual, you know, questioned, you can't put milk in the grits, you can't do this. I said, yes, you can. Now I've never made grits with that. So I gave him a recipe. He got a little PR from it. I said, it's yours. Yeah, but you gave me the... I gave you words on a paper. You had to cook it. You gave it. The it's kiss. yours. Wow! Thanks. I don't need
0: the glory. I like the sweat and tears. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you, man, for taking okay. uh, an hour to talk to me today. Good. It's fun catching up with you.
1: Yeah. Now I gotta go check what, see what they burn in the oven.
0: <laughs> How many alarms have gone off since you've been over here?
1: Uh, I got beef ribs in the oven. Got pork ribs probably sitting on a back
0: table. Well, thanks uh, for what? Thanks for everything that you do, man.
1: Oh, it's fun. It's fun. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, there it is. Bart Pickens. I'm um, curious to look at the analytics to see how many people made it this far. The last five minutes were probably my favorite of the whole interview. It, I learned a lesson that I will have a better plan coming into an interview. And you got a subdued version of Bart. It's funny because we finished that interview and we immediately got all my stuff kind of together, walked in the kitchen where he's, the PFG rep is there and he's going, I can't believe he brought me this bacon. Why'd you bring me this bacon? And I was like, I I want to record that, man. (laughs) You're the crazy guy. So uh, you get to see a little bit of his subdued serious side. And I love that side of him too. So hopefully you enjoyed the interview, and um, hopefully you are being safe, and you're healthy and happy. Love you guys. Bye.